Let's turn today to reading uh, 1212, Tradition 2, page 132. I'll start and then counterclockwise, Colleen, and we finish with mine. <laughs> Tradition 2. For a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Where does the AA get its direction? Who runs it? This too, it's a puzzler. For every friend and newcomer, when told that our society has no precedent, having authority to govern it, no treasurer who can compel the payment of any dues, no board of directors who can cast an erring member into our darkness, when indeed no AA can give another a directive and enforce obedience. Our friends gasp and exclaim, this simply can't be. There must be an angle somewhere. These practical folk then read tradition too and learn that the sole authority in AA is a loving God and he may express himself in a group conscious. They dubiously ask an, ex an experienced AA member if this really works. The member saying to all experiences immediately answers, yes, it definitely does. The friends mutter, that this looks vague, nebulous, pretty naive to them, then they commence to watch us with speculative eyes, pick up a fragment of AA history, and soon have the solid facts. What are these facts of AA life, which brought us to this apparently impractical principle? Pass. Calling alcoholic. Really? John Doe, a good AA, moves, let us say, let us say, to Middletown, USA, alone now, he reflects he may not be able to stay sober or even alive unless he passes on to another alcoholic what was so freely given to him. His, he feels a spiritual and ethical compulsion because hundreds may be suffering within reach of his help. Then, too, he misses his home group. He needs other alcoholics as much as they need him. He visits preachers, doctors, editors, policemen, and bartenders with the result that Middletown now has a group, and he is the founder. Being the founder, he is at first the boss. Who else would it, who else could be? Very soon, through his assumed authority to run, everything begins to be shared with the first alcoholics he has helped. At this moment, the benign dictator becomes the chairman of a committee composed of his friends. These are the growing group's hierarchy of service, self-appointed, of course, because there is no other way. In a matter of months, AA booms in Middletown. The founder and his friends channel spiritually to newcomers, high, high, higher halls, make hospital arrangements, and entreat with their wives to brew <laughs> gallons of coffee. Being on the human side, the founder and his friends may bask a little in glory. They say to another, Perhaps it would be a good idea if we continue to keep a firm hand on AA in this town. After all, we are experienced. Besides, look at all, all the good we've done for those these drunks. They should be grateful. True founders and their friends are sometimes wiser and more humble than this. But more often at this stage, they are not. Pass. Oh, alcohol. Lone things now beset the group. Panhandlers, panhandle. Lonely hearts, pine. Problems descend like an avalanche. Still more important matter, murmurs are heard in the body politic which swell into a loud cry.
Do these old timers think they can run this group forever? Let's have an election. The founder and his friends are hurt and depressed. They rush from crisis to crisis and from member to member pleading, but that is, but it's no use. The revolution is on. The group conscience is about to take over. Pass. <laughs> Fernando, alcoholic. Now comes the election. If the founders and his friends have served well, they may, to their surprise, be reinstated for a time. If, however, they have heavily resisted the rising tide of democ democracy, they may be summarily beached. To either case, the group now has a so-called rotating committee, very sharply limited in its authority. In no sense, whatever, can its member govern or direct the group. They are servants. Theirs is the sometimes thankless privileges of doing the group's chores. Headed by the chairman, they look after <clears throat> public relations and arrange meetings. Their treasurers, strictly accountable, take money from the hat that is passed, banks it, pays the rent and other bills, and makes a regular report at business meetings. The secretary sees the literature is on the table, looks after the phone answering service, <clears throat> answers the mail, and sends our notices of meetings. Such are the simple services that enable the group to function. The committee gives no spiritual advice, judges no one's conduct, issues no orders. Every one of them may be promptly eliminated at the next election if they try this. And so they make the belated discovery that they are really servants, not senators. They are universal experiences, thus throughout AA, does the group cons conscience decree the terms upon which its leaders shall serve? Pass. Mike, Mike. Mike. This brings us straight to the question. Does AA have a real leadership? Most emphatically, the answer is yes. Notwithstanding the apparent lack of it. Let's turn again to the opposed founder and his friends. What becomes of them? As their grief and anxiety wear away, a subtle change begins. Ultimately, they divide into two classes known in the AA slang as elder statesmen and leading deacons. The elder statesman is the one who sees the wisdom of the group's decision, <coughs> who holds no resentment over his reduced status whose judgment, fortified by considerable experience, is sound and who is willing to sit quietly on the sidelines, patiently awaiting developments. The bleeding deacon is one who is just as surely convinced that the group cannot get along without him, who constantly denies for re-election the office and who continues to be consumed with self-pity. A few hemorrhages, a few hemorrhage so badly that drained of all AA spirit and principle, they get drunk. At times the AA landscape seems to be littered with bleeding with bleeding forms. Nearly every old timer in a society has gone through this 
process in some degree. Happily, most of them survive and will and, and live to become elder statesmen. They begin or become the real permanent leadership of AA. Theirs is the quiet opinion, the sure knowledge, and the humble example that resolve a crisis. When surely perplexed, the group inevitably turns to them for advice. They become the voice of the group. In fact, these are the true voice of Alcoholics Anonymous. They do not drive by mandate, they lead by example. This is the experience which has led us to the conclusion that our group conscience, well advised by its elders, will be in the long run wiser than any single leader. When AA was only three years old, an event occurred demonstrating this principle. One of the first members of AA entirely entirely contrary to his own desires, was obliged to conform to group opinion. Here is the story in his words. Yeah. Edgar, alcoholic. Edgar. One day I was doing a 12-step job at a hospital in New York. Proprietor Charlie summoned me to his office. Bill, he said, I think it's a shame that you are financially so hard up. All around you, these drunks are getting well and making money. Are you giving this work full-time and you're broke? Isn't it fair? Charlie Fish and his desk came up with a whole financial statement, handing it to me. He continued, This shows the kind of money the hospital used to make back in the 1920s. Thousands of dollars a month. It should be doing just as well now. And it would if only you'd help me. So why don't you move your work in here? I'll give you an office, a decent drawing accountant, and a very healthy slice of profits. Three years ago, no, yeah, three, yeah, three years ago, when my head doctor, Silkworth, began to tell me of the idea of helping drunks by spirituality. I thought it was crackpot stuff, but I changed my mind. Someday, this bunch of ex-drunks of yours will fill Madison Square Garden, and I don't see why you should starve meanwhile. What I propose is perfectly ethical. You can become a lay therapist, a more successful and anybody in the business. I was bowed over. There were a few twinges conscious until I saw how really ethical Charlie's proposal was. There was nothing wrong whatever with becoming a lay therapist. I thought of Lois coming home exhausted from the department store each day, only to cook supper for a house full of drunks who weren't paying board. I thought of a large sum of money still owing, owing my Wall Street creditors. I thought of a few of my alcoholic friends who were making as much money as ever. Why shouldn't I do as well as they pass? Calling alcoholic? Although I asked Charlie for a little time to consider it, my own mind was made up. Racing back to Brooklyn on the subway, I had a seeming flash of divine guidance. It was only a single sentence, but the most convincing. In fact, it came right out of the Bible. A voice kept saying to me, the laborer is worth is worthy of its hire. Arriving home, I found Lois cooking as usual, while three drunks looked hungrily on from the kitchen door. 
I drew her aside and I told her the glorious news. She looked interested, but not as excited as I, as I thought she would be. It was, a, it was a meeting night. Although none of the alcoholics were boarded, seemed to get sober. Some, some others had. With their wives, they crowded into the downstairs parlor. At once I burst into a story of my opportunity. Never shall I forget their impassive faces and their steady gazes they focused upon me. With wanting enthusiasm, my tail off to the end. There was a long silence. Pass. Almost timidly, one of my friends began to speak. We know you heard, you heard up, how hard up you are, Bill. It bothers us a lot. We were often wondering what we might do about it. But I think I speak for everyone here when I say that what you now propose bothers us an awful lot more. The speaker voice grew more confident. Don't you realize, he went on, that you can never become a professional? As generous as Charlie has been to us, don't you see that, that we can't tie this thing up with his, his hospital or any other? You tell us that Charlie's proposal is ethical. Sure it's ethical, but what we got won't run in ethics only. It has to be better. Sure. Charlie's idea is good, but isn't good enough. This is a matter of life and death, Bill. And nothing but the very best will do. Challenging, my friends look at me as their spokesman continues. Bill, haven't you often said right here in this meeting that sometimes the greatest enemy of the best? Well, this is a plain case of it. You can do this thing to us. Pass. So the so spoke the group conscience. The group was right and I was wrong. The voice on the subway was not the voice of God. And here was the true voice. Welling up out of my friends, I listened and thank God I obeyed. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Fernando Comendo, alcoholic. <clears throat> it's only by God's grace I'm here, fully clothed in my right mind. I'm going to be sharing on tradition two for ultimate, uh, what does it say? Our ultimate what? Tradition two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Uh, two things. Uh, God speaks through people. He can speak to the from the newest member. I remember a guy that came in had about three days, and he was so thankful and so grateful. And he calls us, "You, you good folks, here, give me a cup of coffee." And you're you're here all the time. You know, he's just like, I heard God in there, and it 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 would, you know, it didn't go away. It stuck with me, and he may express himself in our group conscience. A lot of time, God will direct us where to work, where to live, what to do. You know, that's what the program is all about, to have a conscious contact with God of our understanding and being receptive to his uh, leadings. And then it continues to say, our leaders are the trusted servants. They do not govern. Our leaders are do thankless jobs. In other words, consistently bring the books, consistently clean the tables, consistently make coffee, consistently help others and sign court cards and be there available. Give them rides to courts to see their kids, uh, make letters for them, be there with them to in court in case they get thrown in the, 
<clears throat> you know, in the pokey. Um, just like that, you know, uh, counsel the wives, the frantic wives, send them to Elanon. All kinds of activities you do in this area. We have written countless letters to courts. Sometimes they take our recommendations. Sometimes they laugh at us. Um, and read literature with them when they have time, too, not at our convenience. The point I'm making is our emotions get hurt. When a, go, a guy goes out and drinks or a lady goes out and, and kills herself and you had a chance to put something into them or they go out and drink and hurt others with the car. So this is, uh, you know, it is, it is serious work. It is a ministry. It is, uh, it is helpful for me, you know, to be, um, to just see and every once in a while, a guy will come from the old days and say, I got two years, I'm still sober. I mean, I work with them very little. Sometimes I only work with a guy with one day. They just come and now the guy's got three months. Huh. Another guy, um, I saw at two, three in the morning and I for sure I thought he was gonna drink. I took him to court, I take him back and forth, pick him up at home. I felt, you know what I mean? I felt used. I felt like a punk. I felt like uh, cheaplessly every time I picked him up and dropped him off. I wanted to beat the snot out of him. You know, it's just like, come on, man, be a man. You know, you're living with your brother and his wife, and uh, and you just got this uh, denial of reality like I used to have. I can recognize it, you know. Guess what? He was doing the best he could. I would drop him off at nice restaurants. And I'm thinking, God, he didn't even invite me in and pour me. See, if you're in service, that poor me, you're going to break your heart many times. Guess what? The guy, 3 in the morning, I was at 24-hour fitness club. Went in there just to use the restroom, not to work out. Um, and he was there. And he just got out of his DJ job. And he says, hi, Fernando. I got three years, still sober. <laughs> Man, what a shot in the arm. You never know. So we always give the guys our best. Uh, and and that it speaks volumes just for you to be there and be, um, be available. Work on your attitude before you get there. Have something to give them. Substance, uh, a happiness, a joy that this thing is alive and well and will work for them regardless of their situation. The best to you. Let's go ahead and pray out with the uh, seven-step prayer, please. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. It's been a long time since I've, I've been to the park. Um, in between, um, I'm in a transition right now from, from uh, the BG house and normal life. So I've got a little bit of time just to kind of get around and get, get my feet back on the ground where it belongs. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a journey. Um, life, 
and it um it's been it's been a, a good it was a good day yesterday i look forward to today i went to bed sober i woke up an alcoholic and i hope to go to bed sober tonight <laughs> thank you very much I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Fernando. It's only by God's grace I'm here and the courts fully clothed in my right mind. I want to welcome everybody. Thanks, guys, for coming down. And we know this program. I knew from instinct that this program was a safe haven to be at, you know, and that not in, no one else had the right formula for me. And that was my experience when I came in. I said, I got to hang on to this like a bulldog. And uh, I saw these guys prospering, you know. They weren't sane, but they, were, they had success under control, which always eluded me with a drink. You know, uh, the cycle of getting everything together and then falling off the mountain and starting all over again. This stopped the cycle. That was my dad's cycle. I inherited the drinking, the brawling, the job, the new PO, the new city, the new things, and then, and then starting all over again. So when I came in here, the... The drinking wasn't, but I was still making mistakes. The cycle was still in place. And uh, so as soon as I started being thankful that I was going somewhere, the cycle became less and less. I started making uh, cor correct choices in uh, where should I hang out with, where should I spend my money, help out in the AA program, and, you know, uh, clean, bring a couple of dollars. And uh, with that action, I fell in love with the program. And that's what I was looking for the, at the bars, you know, just looking for acceptance, camaraderie, and all these things that basic needs that a human being needed. You know, I needed to acknowledge my higher power and thank him, you know, that that I, I didn't get killed out there. So I did, and... Uh, I'm going on 27 years next month, August 28th. And, and my sponsor and sponsees are here. You know, we're pushing it forward. The guys that, that, that when this thing reels, I call them. I don't, I don't go down line. I go up line <laughs> on my problems, you know. I do have, I have big Cadillac problems today, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm very grateful to be here. Thank, it's good to see so many people. God bless you, man. You guys, <laughs> remarkable things happen for coming to AA today. God bless you. It's a beautiful day in the park. I was kind of giggling to myself because it says here, first sentence, self-supporting alcoholics? <laughs> <laughs> Big question mark, right? You were my friend if you had money, some booze, or a good-looking sister or whatever you know and uh you know this this uh not accepting the money outside we're we're self-supporting through our own contributions that leads into our personal lives at home too you know my sponsor used to say take these traditions work them in your house man they work you know they really do work in your house you know and i I'm so grateful for them. I didn't, I didn't understand them for years, you know. Until and, and the longer I was around, the more I realized how important the traditions really are. I mean, gosh, if, if you go to the one, you know, our common welfare comes first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity, and that's what we have right here, right now. Unity 
because you can know all this information and you you wake up in the morning you're stuck on stupid and uh, you know everything's all right but it seems all wrong I want to move out I want a new I, I want to move to a new area I want a new job I want to do this I don't like nothing and I look in the mirror and I don't like nobody and I say well, well it must be me <laughs> I need an attitude change you know that's why I come here I get an attitude change you know and how could I, what a what a beautiful day to start out a day, you know, and get some kind of direction. And uh, and I, I got my direction in, in the morning meetings. I went through the Bishop Gooden home. Yeah, my cup's up there. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good place to, to be. They used to, I used to wake up in the morning, and they, and they shoved this 24-hour day book in my face said read this before you do anything and that's where my journey really started I started reading those those little tw those 24 hour day book you know I think that's the best book ever written really you know and and, and that really isn't AA literature before you know and but it, it really capsulizes <laughs> everything on one little page and then our book came out later then there used to be a big war. That's not AA literature. Get that out of here. <laughs> you know that that went on for a long time. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> I laugh at it now. It's just, man, I just, you know, you think life, life is fast. I mean, one minute you're 50, you're a little kid. Next minute you're, you know, you got gray hair. I got I got gray in Alcoholics Anonymous, man. <laughs> And uh, didn't, it, it's gone so fast. So the only thing I, can, I, I try to do is I just try to live in the moment. You know, because I'm a time traveler. If I don't like how I'm feeling, you know, I travel around the world or do something in a minute. You know, and I have to focus myself and bring myself back and allow myself to feel the feelings that I'm feeling and, and, and live in the moment. And it's, and it's just okay. Because I, I learned that it passes. You know, I used to think if I got that feeling that I don't like, it's never going to end. And then I'd, I'd reach for a bottle or whatever and try to change it till everything quit working. But if you're new, j just keep showing up. Keep going to meetings till you want to go to meetings because this is the, the solution is here, you know. I, I want the solution. I want emotional sobriety. It's just not, not drinking. Emotional sobriety is everything. Thank you. My name is Mike. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Mike. Um, yeah, since I've been coming to the park, uh, we've been getting into the traditions. And, and, you know, first half of my sobriety, didn't really know too much about them. This one is uh, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting and declining outside contributions. And, and along the line, they're getting donations and, 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 and they're getting a lot of money coming in from wealthy people. And I could just look at my life. And it was the more money I made and I had available to me, the more trouble I got into. And just personal experience knows that money for me uh, is not good on my old way of thinking. Um, and, and, and that's how they had to look at it in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like, you know, a lot of us have good jobs and, and make a little bit of money, and, and, and that's fine. Um, but as far as our, our organization, um, there doesn't need to be 
you know, somebody controlling uh, the money aspect or, 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 or what do we do with those big uh, donations and investments and stuff. It, it just doesn't work. Um, they talk about it in here that um, alcoholics and money just don't, don't really mix. Um, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day in the park, man. I am so, so blessed. You know, I woke up on this side of the dirt and, um, you know, I got, uh, got a couple of days off this week. However, they're broken up Monday and then today. Um, but, uh, usually I have two or three days in a row I can enjoy. So it seems like I haven't been here for a week, but, uh, uh it was just the other day. Um, I want to thank everybody that's that's of service at, at the park here, and, and, and we get to make this thing run. Um, I, I do, do remember when when um, I started coming to AA, um, I got sober in the South Bay in, in Torrance and Hermosa Beach in that area, and uh, I used to go to this uh, men's stag meeting on Monday night, and there was um, 120 guys that showed up every Monday at 8 o'clock. And uh, they're passing the basket around, and and everybody's throwing in cash, and I'm just going, where's all that money going, and who's in charge of that, you know? And and my sponsor looks over at me and he says, it's none of your business, you know, you'll figure it out as as you go. <laughs> and um, I remember, you know, introducing myself as as uh, an alcoholic addict because you know I had to be different. And um, there goes that elbow again. He goes two bucks, you know, so I, I had to throw in two bucks <laughs> into the basket instead of one, and um, now it's it's just a gift to be able to, to give whatever I can, whenever I can, because, um, you know, God knows I used to spend uh, a lot more than two dollars a day on, on having fun, and um, so it's a pleasure to give, and um, and because of this, uh, we get we get books. I need to, I'm going to central office to get more books because we've never had so many people. So I noticed that uh, we ran out of books, but that's where this stuff goes. I'm going to go and, and take the, the, the money that we collected today. I'll buy a few more books. I'll get some more chips um, and some, some other things that we need for the meeting. And, and, and that's, how, um, that's how this thing works. Um, thank you for letting me share. Just see. Jesse. You know, I uh, I was married and working, and I and I had to go stay at the Bishop Goodman home for a while. Too. <laughs> I mean, wow, I was really in bad shape. You know, some people come in and floating, and I used to get up in the morning there and put on my tie and dress up, and I was a three suitor, and, and I go to work and all the way to I forgot what office I was in at the time, and. Um, but you know what? That place really taught me, grounded me, you know? There was this Mexican guy there that was a cook, and he cooked me breakfast, you know? Wow, he was like, you know, he talked to me in the morning and he revved me up, you know? Tell me his story. And, and there was another guy there that, uh, he killed his mother-in-law, and he didn't remember, you know? It's sad, and that was a sad, I looked at the guy and, you know, it's like looking at, uh, it's like looking at somebody and saying, well, you don't look like an alcoholic, you know? So a lot of people, after you're cleaned up, you know, some people, you can't imagine them being an alcoholic. Like you, you know, and say, you're not an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, when I was into, a lot of people say, wow, man, did you do all those crazy things? I said, yeah, I did. 
And uh, but that grounded me so much. That short while that I was there, I was so. And they were gonna let me stay free because I was married. I had all kinds of bills, and and I said no. I I went back and I paid them, you know, for that uh, whatever time I stayed. I can't recall. Anyway, that guy went up. Uh, he was a real nice guy. I never pictured him doing that, and that really straightened my butt out. You know, I said, "Wow, that guy lived there permanently." Do you remember him, Pete? Yeah, Pete. He went and he finally, he's a real nice guy. You never imagined he'd do something like that. He didn't remember, but they released him from prison because they found out that alcohol. I forgot what governor released him because they figured they found out that alcoholism was a disease. So he wanted to stay at that bishop, a real handsome guy too. And he wound up, I think he wound up going to Florida or something and he committed suicide after all. At the end, I believe, I'm not sure. But you know what? That taught me there's all kinds of people here. You just gotta respect everybody because you don't know what they're gonna do. You don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what's gonna happen to you either, you know? I just stay here. I'm like that cat you see in AA clinging to the wall and it says, I'm hanging in there. You know, that's me. I've been sober 41 years, and sometimes I'm like that, too, you know. I, I have I have issues. I'm getting old, you know, and I have issues. I, I'm pissed off that I broke this femur, and I'm not walking yet. But I see this movie star. She broke her femur, too, and she had to learn how to walk, too. And uh, so it's okay. I'm okay. I'll come here, and I'll use this for whatever time I have to. I can walk, but I have difficulty. But... Uh, Pretty soon I'm just going to force myself to walk over here and I'm just being lazy. <laughs> Page 107. Step 1 showed us an amazing paradox. We found that we were totally unable to be rid of the alcoholic obsession until we first admitted we were powerless over it. In step two, we saw that since we could not restore ourselves to sanity, some higher power must necessarily do so if we were to survive. Consequently, in step three, we turned our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. For the time being, we who were atheists or agnostic discovered that our own group or AA as a whole would suffice as a higher power. Beginning with step four, we commenced to search out the things in ourselves which had brought us to physical, moral, and spiritual bankruptcy. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, looking at step five, we decided that an inventory <clears throat> taken alone wouldn't be enough. We knew we would have to quit the deadly business of living alone with our conflicts <clears throat> and in honesty confide these to God and another human being. At step six, many of us balked for the practical reason that we did not wish to have all of our defects or characters removed because we still love some of them too much. Yet we knew we had to make a settlement with the fundamental principles of step six. So we decided that while we still had some flaws of character that we could not yet relinquish, we ought nevertheless to quit our stubborn rebellious hanging onto them. 
we said to ourselves, this I cannot do today, perhaps, but I can stop crying out, no, never. Then in step seven, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings, such as he could or would under the conditions of the day we ask. In step eight, we continue our house cleaning, for we saw that we were not only in conflict with ourselves, but also with conflict and situations in the world in which we live. We had to begin to make our peace, and so we listed the people we had harmed and became willing to set things right. We follow this up in step nine by making direct amends to those concerned, except when it would injure them or other people. By this time, at step 10, we had begun to get a basis for daily living, and we keenly realized that we would need to continue taking personal inventory, and that when we were in the wrong, we ought to admit it promptly. In step 11, we saw that if a higher power had restored us to sanity and had enabled us to live with some peace of mind in a sorely troubled world, then such a higher power was worth knowing better by as direct contact as possible. The persistent use of meditation and prayer we found did open the channel so that there, where there had been a trickle, there now was a river which led to sure power and safe guidance from God as we were increasingly better able to understand Him. So practicing these steps, this step, we had a spiritual awakening about which finally there was no question. Looking at those who were only beginning and still doubted themselves, the rest of us were able to see the change setting in. From great numbers of such experiences, we could predict that the doubter who still claimed that he hadn't got the spiritual angle and who still considered his well-loved AA group as a higher power would presently love God and call him by name. Now, what about the rest of the 12 steps? The wonderful energy it releases and the eager section by which it carries our message to the next suffering alcoholic and which finally translates the 12 steps into action upon all our affairs is the payoff the magnificent reality of Alcoholic Anonymous. All right, I'm going to jump from page 109 to 116 and read another paragraph. It says, the middle paragraph, it says, When we develop still more, we discover that the best possible source of emotional stability to be God himself. We found that dependence upon his perfect justice Forgiveness and love was healthy, and that it will work where nothing else would. If we really depend upon God, we couldn't very well play God to our fellows, nor will we feel the urge wholly to rely on human protection and care. These were the new attitudes that finally brought many of us an inner strength and peace that could not be, be deeply shaken by the shortcomings of others or by any calamity not of our own making. 12 and 12, page 116. Good afternoon. My name is Joel, and I'm an alcoholic. 
I'm going to do a reading today from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions book on uh, Step 1, page 21. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is truly awful to admit that glass in hand, we have warped our minds into such an obsession for destruction, destructive drinking that only an act of providence can remove it from us. No other kind of bankruptcy is like this one. Alcohol, now become the rapacious creditor, bleeds us of all self-sufficient and all will to resist its demands. Once this stark fact is accepted, our bankruptcy as going human concerns is complete. But upon entering AA, we soon take quite another view of this absolute humiliation. We perceive that only through utter defeat are we able to take our first steps toward liberation and strength. Our admissions of personal powerlessness finally turn out to be firm bedrock upon which happy and purposeful lives may be built. We know that little good can come to any alcoholic who joins AA unless he has first accepted his devastating weakness and all its consequences. Until he so humbles himself, his sobriety, if any, will be precarious. Of real happiness, he will find none at all. Proved beyond doubt by an immense experience, this is one of the facts of AA life. The principle that we find, the principle that we shall find no enduring strength until we first admit complete defeat is the main taproot from which our society has sprung and flowered. When first challenged to admit defeat, most of us revolted. We had approached AA expecting to be taught self-confidence. Then we had been told that so far as alcohol is concerned, self-confidence was no good whatsoever. In fact, it was total liability. Our sponsors declared that we were the victims of mental obsession so subtly powerful that no amount of human willpower could break it. There was, they said, no such thing as the personal conquest of this compulsion by the unaided will. Relentlessly deepening our dilemma, our sponsors pointed out our increasingly sensitivity to alcohol, an allergy, they called it. The tyrant alcohol wielded a double-edged sword over us. First, we were smitten by an insane urge that condemned us to go, to go on drinking. And then by an allergy of the body that ensured we would ultimately destroy our, ourselves in the process. Few indeed were those who so assailed had ever won through in single-handed combat. It was a statistical fact that alcoholics almost never recovered on their own resources. And this had been true, apparently, ever since man had first crushed grapes. In AA's pioneering time, none but the most desperate cases could swallow and digest this unpalatable truth. Even these last gaspers often had difficulty in realizing how hopeless they actually were.
But if you did, and when these laid handfold of AA principles with all the fervor which with the drowning seas life preservers, they almost invariably got well. This is why the first edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, published when our membership was small, dealt with the low bottom cases only. Many less desperate alcoholics tried AA, but did not succeed because they could not make the admission of hopelessness. It is a tremendous satisfaction to record that in the following years this changed. Alcoholics who still had their health, families, and their jobs, and even two cars in the garage, began to recognize their alcoholism. As this trend grew, they were joined by young people who were scarcely more than potential alcoholics. They were spared that last 10 or 15 years of literal hell the rest of us had gone through. Since the step one requires an admission that our lives had become unmanageable, how could people such as these take this step? It was obvious, obviously necessary to raise the bottom to the rest of it. So the rest of us had hit the point of where it it would be hit them. Going back in our own drinking histories, we could show that years before we realized it, we were out of control. That our drinking even then was no more in habit. That it was indeed the beginning of a fatal progression. To the doubters we could say, perhaps you're not an alcoholic after all. Why don't you try some more controlled drinking? Bearing in, mean, in mind, meanwhile, that we have told you about alcoholism. This attitude brought immediate and practical results. It was then discovered that when an alcoholic had planted in his mind of other than the true nature of his malady, that person could never be the same again. Following every spree, he would say to himself, maybe those AAs were right. After a few such ex- experiences, Often years before the onset of extreme difficulties, he would return to us, convinced he had hit bottom as truly as any of us. John Barleycorn himself had become our best advocate. Why all this insistence that AA must hit bottom first? The answer in that few people will sincerely try to practice the AA program unless they have hit bottom. For practicing AA's remaining 11 steps means the adoption of attitudes and actions that almost no alcoholic who is still drinking can dream of taking. Who wishes to be rigorously honest and tolerant? Who wants to confess his faults to another and make restitution for harm done? Who cares anything about a higher power, let alone meditation and prayer? Who wants to sacrifice time and energy in trying to carry AA's message to the next sufferer. No, the average alcoholic, self-centered in the extreme, doesn't care for this prospect, unless he has to do these things in order to stay alive himself. Under the lash of alcoholism, we are driven to AA, and there we discover the fatal nature of our situation. Then, and only then, do we become an open-minded to conviction, and as willing to listen as the dying can be. We stand ready to do anything which will fit, which will lift the merciless obsession from us. Thank you for listening. Joel Alcoholic. Big Book Sponsorship. 12 Steps, Big Book Guide. 
It only takes four hours to learn how it works and a lifetime to practice. <clears throat> Table of contents. This uh, introduction, page three. Essentials of recovery, page five. Step one, page seven. Step two, page 10. Step three, page 11. Step four, page 13. Step five, page 19. Step six, page 21. Step seven, page 22. Step eight, page 23. Step nine, page 24. Step 10, page 27. Step 11, page 29. Step 12, page 31. And a summary on page 32. Introduction. Beginners meetings were held throughout the U.S. and Canada during a period of time when AA witnessed 50 to 75 percent recovery rate from alcoholism. Newcomers quickly learned how it works. They had conversion experiences, discovered a new way of living without alcohol or drugs, and carried this message of hope to others. After completing the steps, newcomers to ensure their own sobriety helped others through the steps and led the beginners meetings. Ruth R., an old-timer in Miami, Florida, who came into AA in 1953, gave some insight into the demise of the beginner's classes. Ruth recalls that the classes were discontinued in the middle of 1950 as a result of the publication of the book 12 Steps and 12 Traditions by Alcoholic Anonymous Publishing, Inc. In the Miami area, the 12 and 12 replaced both the Big Book and the Little Red Book and Step Studies replace the beginner's classes. Again, the classes, the Little Red Book and Big Book classes and step studies replace the beginner's classes. In the process, the period for taking the steps were expanded and modified from four weeks to somewhere in between 12 and 16 weeks. The four-step inventory was modified and became a much more laborious and detailed procedure. That was the original conceived what was originally conceived as a very simple program, which took a few hours to complete, evolved into complicated and confusing undertaking requiring several months. Studying the steps is not the same as taking the steps. In the beginner's class, you take the steps. The big book says here are the steps we took, not here are the steps we read and talked about. The AA pioneers proved that action, not knowledge, produced a spiritual awakening that resulted in recovery from alcoholism or addiction. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. Okay. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program. But great numbers of these, about two of three, began to return as time passed. 
You are becoming a teacher. Our primary purpose is to work the steps and teach others to teach others how to work the steps. We connect suffering addicts or recover addicts who guide newcomers through a personalized one-on-one study of the original undiluted 12-step program described in the big book of Alcoholic Anonymous. We substitute the terms and phrases related to alcoholism to include any obsessive compulsion, addiction patterns such as cocaine and all mind-altering substance, gambling, sex, self-harm or injury, food, anorexia, bulimia, sugar, smoking, codependency, etc. And anyone can certainly increase this list and are all welcome. Our format quotes extensively from the Big Book of Alcoholic Anonymous page of the 2001 4th edition Alcoholic Anonymous World Services, Inc. in New York. Our basic text for recovery are notes, commentary, and gender-neutral changes are formatted in italics. This format can be conducted in a half a day or in four one-hour sessions. For further study, it is suggested that everyone get a copy of the Big Book of Alcoholic Anonymous. Essentials for Recovery, Three Ingredients We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-minded are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. AA page 568 of the 4th edition What does willingness mean to you? Write this down. Take notes. Willingness means to you? Question mark. Honesty means to you, question mark. Write these down. Open-mindedness means, what does it mean to you? Our job is to explain our approach and win their confidence. But the ex-problem drinker, addict, or obsessive compulsive personality who has found this solution, our recipe, who is properly armed with facts about themselves can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic attic in a few hours until such an understanding is reached little or nothing can be accomplished that the person who is making the approach has had the same difficulty lack of control that they obviously know what they are talking about that their whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that they are a person with a real answer and they have no attitude of holier than thou We are not saints, nor are we crusaders or mission makers. Nothing whatever except a sincere desire to be helpful. That there are no fees to pay. Big book sponsorship is free. No access to grind. We're not here to have windy arguments or fraudy debates with you. No people to please. No ass kissing. No lectures to endure. We are not here to judge or run your life. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk over again. AA, page 18 and 19. Does your prospect want to quit? If they do want to stop drinking, using, acting out in obsessive compulsive behavior, don't waste time trying to persuade them. You may spoil a later opportunity. AA page 90. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Big book page 58. What does go to any length look like? What does it go 
to any lengths look like to you. Write that down. We, in turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of a drowning person. Page 28. Are you desperate? Yes or no? Are you desperate? Write that down. Yes or no? We asked the newcomer if they want to quit for good and if they would go to any extreme to do so. Are you willing to thoroughly follow the big book instructions? Yes or no? Write your answer and be honest. Write your name. Say, I, Fernando Montes de Oca, am willing to go to any lengths to recover from my addictions. If they say yes, then their attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. Page 90, AA book. Tell them enough about your drinking, using, or acting out habits, symptoms, and experiences to encourage them to speak for themselves. AA page 91. Tell them how baffled you were, how you finally learned that you were sick. Give them an account of the struggles you made to stop. Then show them how the mental twist which led you to the first drink, your first toke, hit, bet, puff, bite, cut, care, acting out of the spree. AA page 92. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over our call, drugs, sugar, acting, or behavior, sex, gambling, codependency, that our lives had become unmanageable. Self-diagnose. Men and women who drink or act out essentially because they lack the effect produced by alcohol, drugs, sugar, acting out behavior, sex, gambling, codependency. Is this your experience? Yes or no? Write that down. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injuries, is your behavior hurting you? Yes or no? Write that down. They cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from false. To them, their alcoholic addict life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at only by taking a few drinks or addiction habits, which they see others taking, doing with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, has this been your experience? Yes or no? Is this your experience? Yes or no? And the phenomenon of craving develops. They pass through the well-known stages of spree, emerging, remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink, use out, or act out again. Is this your experience? Yes or no? Write that down. This is repeated over and over. Is this your experience? Yes or no? And unless this experience can experience, unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. AA page XXVIII, 4th edition. Modern drinkers, users, type 1, have little trouble in giving up liquor, substance, abusive, compulsive behavior entirely if they have a good reason for it. Do you have a good reason for stopping? Yes or no? They can take it or leave it alone. Can you take it or leave it alone? Yes or no? Then we have a certain type of hard drinkers, heavy users, type 2. They may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair them physically and mentally, it may cause them to die a few years before their time, 
If a sufficient strong reason, ill health, has been sick, ever caused you to stop for good? Has being sick ever caused you to stop for good? Yes or no? Falling in love, can you stop for the sake of your spouse, family, and friends? Yes? No? Change of environment, has moving away or avoiding triggers work for you? Yes? No? Or the warning of a doctor, has your doctor advised to stop ever work for you? Yes? No? Be becomes operative, this person can also stop or moderate. Is this you? Yes or no? Although they may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention, detox treatment, therapy, counseling, AA page 20 and 21. But what about real alcoholics? At some stage in their drinking career, they begin to lose all control of their liquor or addictions. Consumption, once they start to drink, is this your experience? Yes or no? AA page 21. The fact is that most alcoholics or addicts, for reason yet obscure, have lost their power of choice in drink. Is this your experience? Yes? No. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. Is this your experience? Yes? No. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. Is this your experience? Yes? No. We are without defense against the first drink. Use pill, hit, toke, puff, bite, bet, act, cut, sweet, care, egg, etc. Is this your experience? Yes or no? AA page 24. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics, addicts. No person likes to think they are bodily and mentally different from their fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking, using, acting out careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink, use, act out like other people. Is this your experience? Yes or no? The idea that somehow, someday, they will control and enjoy their drinking Using obsessive com compulsive behavior is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker, user, obsessive compulsive. Is this you? Yes or no? The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. AA page 30. We alcoholic addicts are men and women who have lost their ability to control our drinking, using, acting out. Is this your experience? Yes or no? We know that no real alcoholic addict ever controls, ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals usually brief or inedible, followed by still less control, which led in times to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Is this your experience, yes or no? We are convinced to a person that alcoholics, addicts of our type, are in the grip of a progressive illness over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. Is this your experience, yes or no? AA, page 30. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if it, when drinking, using or acting out, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic addict. 
Is this you? Yes or no? If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness with only a spiritual experience will conquer. AA page 44. This is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic addict, as our behavior patterns vary, but this description should identify them roughly. Does it? Yes or no? AA page 22. Step 1. Instructions. We learned that we had to fully concede, admit to our innermost self that we were alcoholics, addicts. Do you admit it? Yes or no? This is the very step in recovery. The delusion, lie, that we are like other people, types 1 and 2, or presently may be, has to be smashed. Are you convinced that you are a real alcoholic, addict? Yes or no? AA page 3. If you answer yes, then congratulations, you have taken step one. If you answered yes, then congratulations, you have taken step one. There is a solution. If you are seriously alcoholic addict as we were, we believe there is no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. Is life becoming impossible? Yes or no? And if we had passed into the region for which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. Are you ready to accept spiritual help, yes or no? This we did because we honestly wanted to, and were willing to make the effort. Are you willing to take the effort? Yes or no? Page 25 and 26, AA 4th edition. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. Is lack of power your dilemma? Yes or no? We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously, but where and how were way to find this power. Well, that's exactly what this book is, is about. Its main objective is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. AA page 45. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man and woman and child is a fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. But in some form or other, it is there for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we had for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but He was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourage you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. <laughs> with this attitude, you cannot fail. This consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. AA page 55. Some of us grew up some of us grow 
into it more slowly. But he has to come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. AA page 57. Step 2. Instructions. <clears throat> Here he comes. <clears throat> Excuse me. We need to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than ourselves, greater than myself, yes or no? As soon as a person can say that they do believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure them that they are on their way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. AA page 47. If you answer yes, congratulations, you have taken step two, and we emphatically assure you, you are now on your way. Step three. Step three. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic addict, our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholics, addicts, and could not manage our own lives. Is this you? Yes or no? B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, addiction. Are you beyond human aid? Yes or no? See that God could and would if he were sought. Do you believe or are you even willing to believe? Yes or no? Being convinced, we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life Run on self-will can hardly be a success. Are you convinced? AA page 60. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation. But we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self which later places us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves and the alcoholic addict is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Though they usually do not think so. Above everything, we alcoholics, addicts, must rid of, our, of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self-will without His aid. Many of us have moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them. Even though we would have liked to, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is how, this is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Are you ready to quit playing God? Yes or no? 
Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. AA page 6162. Step 3. Paycheck. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our own little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we become conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. AA, page 63. Step 3. Instructions. We were now at step 3. Many of us said to our Maker as we understood Him, God, I offer myself to Thee, to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, make sure we were ready. This, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Yes or no. Page AA, page 63. If you can answer yes, then let us take this prayer together. And we have taken step three. These are the instructions on how to start the reading. We usually start on page 24 where it says, The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without a defense against the first drink. That's the primary thought of the whole reading is that if we're reinforcing ourselves against the, the camaraderie at work, the, uh, the, ra the rage that we can get contaminated with and, and want to go to old solutions and pound some more beards down. So what we're going to do is build a, with these words, we're going to build a kingdom. We do it Monday through Friday, um, excuse me, Monday through Thursday. What, um, what is your schedule like? Can you come in on Monday through Friday or just, just on Sundays? Um, on Monday through Friday at 7? Yeah. Is it, you know, it, it goes for about 30, 35 minutes real quick, real fast. Yeah. All right. Well, um, go ahead and, and uh, let's start with a prayer. It's the set aside prayer. It goes like this. It says, God, God, 
I forgot how it goes. Let's just do the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's three prayers in what we're going to read right now, and I'd like to ask you to memorize all of them. That's the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, and the seven step prayer. And uh, put them on three by five cards and carry them with you. Uh, they're there to provide energy and uh, focus in the times of extreme problems. Okay, let's start at the top of page um, uh, 24 again. I'll start the reading, and then you read the second paragraph, and I'll read the. Well, you just keep jumping from paragraph to paragraph in the reading, and then I'll, and then I'll change new pages. Okay, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how, or perhaps he doesn't think at all, how often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way. And after the third or fourth pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use anyhow? There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole little attitude towards life. Toward our fellows and towards God's universe, the 
true fact of our lives today is absolutely certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous he he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were we believe there is no middle of the road solution we were in a position where life was becoming impossible and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid we had but two alternatives one was to go on to the bitter end blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and the other to accept spiritual help this we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort okay let's go ahead and jump to page 62 now from here and it starts at selfishness self-centered i think it's the second paragraph if you have a highlighter you may want to highlight every later on get one a yellow one and you may want to highlight everything we're reading so okay selfishness self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles driven by a hundred a hundred forms of fear self-delusion self-seeking and self-pity we step on these toes of our fellows and they retaliate sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation but we invariably find at some point in the past we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in position to be hurt so our troubles we think are basically of our own making they arise out of ourselves and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot though he usually doesn't think so above everything we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness we must or it kills us god makes that possible and there is often seen no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most ideas are simple and, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arc through which we pass to freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things follow. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. to our maker as we understood him. God, I offer myself to thee 
to build with me and to do with me as thou will. Relieve me of bondage of self that I will better do. Thy will take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought we before taking the step, making sure we were ready, that we could at least abandon ourselves entirely to him. Okay, let's turn to page 76, the first paragraph. When ready. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Okay, go to page 86 on awakening, please. Thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are also surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observed actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we shown all through the day what our next step is to be that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems we ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only we may ask for ourselves however if others will be helped we are carefully never we are carefully never to pray for our own selfish ends Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it does not work. You can easily see why. I'm lost. Um, page 87? Uh-huh. Oh, I got it. <clears throat> if circumstances warrant, we ask for our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. 
If we began to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers, which emphasize the principle we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggesting about these may be obtained from one's priests, ministers, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause. When agitated or doubtful, and ask for the right thought or action, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer... Running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish decisions. We became much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. If we are not burning up energy foolishly, we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just online. But this is not for all. There is action and more action. Faith without words is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. Again, let's go to page 416, way to the back of the book. It helped me a great deal. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of that compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower, that people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. But I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Shakespeare said, Are the world a stage and are the men and women merely players? 
he forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection. Just as I did, AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the in the worst of us, a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and we have each and we have and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handwork, handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I was sure the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good for you or or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off if I don't give don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before A, I judged myself by my intentions, while the world was judging me by my actions. Acceptance has been the answer to my marital marital problems. It's as though AA had given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have married now for thirty years, thirty-five years prior to our marriage. We, when she was the size. Shy, scrawny, adolescent, I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift of being easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was as if I had, rather than maids, touched which turned everything to gold, magnifying mind and magnifying what ever it focused on. Over the years, as I thought about Max, her good quality grew and grew, and we married, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we are ha were happier and happier. But then as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects, and the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was in nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to change in the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. A has given me a new pair of glasses and I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow and grow and grow. I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late starts, long drunkologues, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I, I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it, rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, 
the problem increase. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Let's go to page 420 where it says perhaps the best thing of all. Thank you. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to Him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must, I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and of my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for a... Page 552, please. We're almost done. He said, in effect, <clears throat> okay. if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing you resent, you will be free. If you ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead, do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to, to mean it and you want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. And it will work for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because of it works for me, it will work for all of us. As other great man says, the only real freedom of a human being can never know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replace it with love is just really another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I need I get. And when I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Okay, let's go to page 100 where it says both you and the new man. Thank you. We're almost done. You, both you and the new man, first paragraph. Okay. Both you and the new man must walk 
day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If the if you persist, remarkable things will happen when you look back. We realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands, we were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of higher power and you will presently live in the in the new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. Page 83, the bottom of 83, where it says, if we are painstaking, okay. if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Now, go straight across to page 85 where it says it's easy to let up on the spiritual program. It is easy left on the spiritual direction and rest our, on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do for alcohol is several fold. We are cured of alcoholism and is daily reprieve, content, and maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God will into our activities. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Okay, this is the last one. We go to page 43, at the bottom of 43, where it says once more, and that's that's it. That's all the reading. Once more, the has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, neither he or nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I'll see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. I'll let you go so you can get on with your day. And that's that's what we do four days a week. Okay? okay? okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, bye. That was 
one of my brand new sponsees. He's in a recovery home and he's got a job and he's working for a certificate. <clears throat> um, his name is Anthony S. Uh, I believe he has about, I don't know, 200 and something days of sobriety. I didn't have a chance to review any of that stuff because he, he was half asleep. And as a young man, about 30 years old, you know, they sleep well into 9 o'clock since, you know, Friday night and Saturday night are heavy days of uh, social activity and <clears throat> watching stuff on TV. Anyway, <clears throat> we're doing good. All is well. God is on the throne. And I think we had a fabulous reading. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray out. Let's pray with the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if we work it. Hi, Steve. Now, Fernando, alcoholic, Los Angeles. Yay! <laughs> Fernando! That's home. Thank you.
had six months, but you couldn't hear him very well. Yeah, he's, I think he skipped over six months, but anyway, six months. Thank you. Step 11. So, 
um, once we finish reading that portion in the 12 and 12. And um, I've known him for a few months now. Um, yeah, uh, meditation I used to go to out west, and then a reboot he started, and it's been awesome. I believe he's 27 years sober. 26. Um, yeah. And um, just, he's a um, spiritual giant, and I get a lot out of his, his take on spirituality, and this is a great step. I thought I couldn't think of anyone better for it. So I'm really excited to hear him with that. Um, i tell you what, um, who wants to start uh, reading the first paragraph or so of Step 11? Oh, I guess Hi, Ron. I'm Ron. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Ron. This is Alex. Alex. We're reading out of 12 and 12? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm Ron. I'm an alcoholic. Thanks, Fee and Kim, for leading. And uh, thanks, Fernando, in advance for your share. <laughs> Step 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Prayer and meditation are our principal means of conscious contact with God. We AAs are active folk, enjoying the satisfactions of dealing with the realities of life, usually for the first time in our lives, and strenuously trying to help the next alcoholic who comes along. So it isn't surprising that we often tend to slight serious meditation and prayer as something not really necessary. To be sure, we feel it is something that might help us to meet an occasional emergency, but at first many of us are apt to regard it as a somewhat mysterious skill of clergymen from which we may hope to get a secondhand benefit. Or perhaps we don't believe in these things at all. To certain newcomers and to those one-time agnostics who still cling to the AA group as their higher power, Claims for the power of prayer may, despite all the logic and experience and proof of it, may still be convincing or quite objectionable. Those of us who once felt this way can certainly understand and sympathize. We well remember how something deep inside us kept rebelling against the idea of bowing before any God. Many of us had strong logic, too, which proved there was no God whatever. What about all the accidents, sickness, cruelty, and injustices in the world? What about all those unhappy lives which were the direct result of unfortunate birth and uncontrollable circumstances? Surely there could be no justice in the scheme of things, and therefore no God at all. Sometimes we took a slightly different tack. Sure, we said to ourselves, the hen probably did come before the egg. No doubt the universe had a first cause of some sort. God of the atom may be hot and cold by turns, but certainly there wasn't any evidence of a God who knew or cared about human beings. We liked AA all right, and we were quick to say that it had done miracles, but we recoiled from meditation and prayer as ostensibly, excuse me, as of, as of, I'm not pronouncing that right, obstinately as the scientist who refused to perform a certain experiment, lest it prove his pet theory wrong. Of course, we finally did experiment, and when unexpected results followed, we felt different. In fact, we knew different, and so we were sold on meditation and prayer. And that, we have found, can happen to anybody who tries. It has been well said that almost the only scoffers at prayer are those who never tried it enough. Best. 
alcoholic. I see. Those of us who have come to make regular use of prayer would no more do without it than we would refuse air, food, or sunshine. And for the same reason, when we refuse air, light, or food, the body suffers. And when we turn away from meditation and prayer, we likewise deprive our minds, our emotions, and our intuitions of vitally needed support. As the body can fail its purpose for lack of nourishment, so can the soul. We, need, we all need the light of God's reality, the nourishment of his strength, and the atmosphere of his grace. To an amazing extent, the facts of AA life confirm ageless truth. There is a direct linkage among self-examination, meditation, and prayer. Taken separately, these practices can bring much relief and benefit. When they are logically related and interwoven, the result is an unshakable foundation of life. Now and then we be granted a glimpse of the, that ultimate reality, which is God's kingdom, and we'll be comforted and assured that our own destiny in the realm, in that realm, will be secure for so long as we try, however falteringly, to find and do the will of our own creator. Pass. I'll read. As we have seen, self-searching is the means by which we bring new vision, action, and grace to bear upon the dark and negative side of our, na of our natures. <coughs> Excuse me. It is a step in the development of that kind of humility that makes it possible for us to receive God's help. Yet it is only a step. We will want to go further. We will want to. We will want the good that is in all, that is in us all, even in the worst of us, to flower and to grow. Most certainly we shall need bracing air and an abundance of food. But first of all, we shall want sunlight. Nothing much can grow in the dark. Meditation is our step out into the sun. How then shall we meditate? The actual experience of meditation and prayer across the centuries is, of course, immense. The world's libraries and places of worship are a treasure trove for all seekers. It is to be hoped that every AA who has a religious connection which emphasizes meditation will return to the practice of that devotion as never before. But what about the rest of us who, less fortunate, don't even know how to begin? Well, we might start like this. First, let's look at a reality, a really good prayer. <clears throat> we won't have far to seek. Great men and women of all religions have left us a wonderful supply. Here, let us consider one that is a classic. Its author was a man who for several hundred years now has been rated as a saint. We won't be biased or scared off by that fact, because although he was not an alcoholic, he did, like us, go through the emotional ringer. And as he came out the other side of that painful experience, his prayer was his expression of what he could then see, feel, and wish to become passive. All right. Uh, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love. Um, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. That where there is error, I may bring truth. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to the eternal life. Amen. 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 Amen.
As beginners in meditation, we might now reread this prayer several times slowly, savoring every word and trying to take in the deep meaning of each phrase and idea. It will help if we can drop all resistance to what our friend says. For meditation, for in meditation, debate has no place. We rest quietly with the thought of someone who knows so that we may experience and learn. As though lying upon a sunlit beach, let us relax and breathe deeply of the spiritual atmosphere with which the grace of this prayer surrounds us. Let us become willing to partake and be strengthened and lifted up by the sheer spiritual power, beauty, and love of which these magnificent words are the carriers. Let us look now upon the sea and ponder what it, what its mystery is, and let us lift our eyes to the far horizon beyond which we shall see all those wonders still unseen. Pass. I'm an alcoholic. I'll read. My name is Kevin. Chuck says somebody, this is nonsense. It isn't practical. When such thoughts break in, we might recall a little ruefully how much store we used to set by imagination as it tried to create reality out of bottles. Yes, we reveled in what sort of thinking, and that sort of thinking, didn't we? And though sober nowadays, don't we often try to do much the same thing? <clears throat> Perhaps our trouble was not that we used our imagination. Perhaps the real trouble was our almost total inability to point imagination toward the right objectives. There's nothing the matter with constructive imagination. All sound achievement rests upon it. After all, no man can build a house until he first envisions a plan for it. Well, meditation is like that too. It helps to envision our spiritual objectives before we try to move toward it. So let's get back to that sunlit beach, or to the plains, or to the mountains, if you prefer. When by such simple devices we have placed ourselves in a mood in which we can focus undisturbed on constructive imagination, we might proceed like this. Best. Once more we read our prayer, and again try to see what its inner essence is. We'll think now about the man who first uttered the prayer. First of all, he wanted to become a channel. Then he asked for the grace to bring love, forgiveness, harmony, truth, faith, hope, light, and joy to every human being he could. Next came the expression of an aspiration and a hope for himself. He hoped, God willing, that he might be able to find some of these treasures, too. This he would try to do by what he called self-forgetting. What did he mean by self-forgetting, and how did he propose to accomplish that? He thought it better to give comfort than to receive it, better to understand than to be understood, better to forgive than to be, for than to be forgiven. This much could be a fragment of what is called meditation. Perhaps our very first attempt at a mood, a flyer into the realm of spirit, if you like. It ought to be followed by a good look at where we stand now, and a further look at what might happen in our lives were we able to move closer to the ideal we have been trying to glimpse. Meditation is something we can always be, which can always be further developed. It has no boundaries, either of width or height. 
aided by such instruction and example as we can find, it is essentially an individual adventure, something which each one of us works out in his own way. But his object is always the same, to improve our conscious contact with God, with his grace, wisdom, and love. And let's always remember that meditation is, in reality, intensely practical. One of his first fruits is emotional balance. With it, we can broaden and deepen the channel between ourselves and God as we understand him. Now, what of prayer? Prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God, and in this sense, it includes meditation. How may we go about it, and how does it fit in with meditation? Prayer, as commonly understood, is a petition to God. Having opened our channel as best we can, we try to ask for those right things of which we and others are in the greatest need. And we think that the whole range of our needs is well defined by that part of step 11, which says knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. A request for this fits in any part of our day. In the morning, we think of the hours to come. Perhaps we think of our day's work and the chances it may afford us to be useful and helpful or of some special problem that it may bring. Possibly today we'll see a continuation of a serious and yet unresolved problem left over from yesterday. Our immediate temptation will be to ask for specific solutions to specific problems for the ability to help other people as we have already thought they should be helped. In that case, we are asking God to do it our way. Therefore, we ought to consider each request carefully to see what its real merit is. Even so, when making specific requests, it will be well to add to each one of them this qualification, if it be thy will. We ask simply that throughout the day God place in us the best understanding of his will that we can have for that day, and that we, and that we be given the grace by which we may carry it out. Pass. As the day goes on, we can pause where situations must be met and decisions made and renew the simple request, Thy will, not mine, be done. If at these points our emotional disturbance happens to be great, we will more surely keep our balance, provided we remember and repeat to ourselves a particular prayer or phrase that has appealed to us in our reading or meditation. Just saying it over and over will often enable us to clear a channel choked up with anger, fear, frustration, or misunderstanding, and permit us to return to the surest help of all, our search for God's will, not our own, in the moment of stress. At these critical moments, if we remind ourselves that it is better to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved, we will be following the intent of step 11. Of course, it is reasonable and understandable that the question is often asked, why can't we take a specific and troubling dilemma straight to God? And in prayer, secure from him sure and definite answers to our requests. This can be done, but it has hazards. We have seen AAs ask with much earnestness and faith for God's explicit guidance on matters ranging all the way from a shattering domestic or financial crisis to correcting a minor personal fault 
like tardiness. Quite often, however, the thoughts that seem to come from God are not answers at all. They prove to be well-intentioned, unconscious rationalizations. The AA, or indeed any man, who tries to run his life rigidly by this kind of prayer, by this self-serving demand of God for replies, is a particularly disconcerting individual. To any questioning or criticism of his actions, he instantly proffers his reliance upon prayer for guidance in all matters, great or small. He may have forgotten the possibility that his own wishful thinking and the human tendency to rationalize (laughs) have distorted his so-called guidance. With the best of intentions, he tends to force his own will into all sorts of situations and problems with the comfortable assurance that he is acting under God's specific direction. Under such an illusion, he can, of course, create great havoc without in the least intending to, intending it. Um, We also fall into another similar temptation. We form ideas as to what we think God's will is for other people. We say to ourselves, this one ought to be cured of his fatal malady, or that one ought to be relieved of his emotional pain. And we pray for these specific things. Such prayers, of course, are fundamentally good acts, but often they are based upon a supposition that we know God's will for the person for whom we pray. This means that side by side with an earnest prayer, there can be a certain amount of presumption and conceit in us. It is A's experience that particularly in these cases, we ought to pray that God's will, whatever it is, be done for others as well as for ourselves. In AA, we have found that actual good results of prayer are beyond question. They are matters of knowledge and experience. All those who have persisted have found strength, not ordinarily their own. They have found wisdom beyond their usual capability, and they have increasingly found a peace of mind which can stand firm in the face of difficult circumstances. We discover that we do receive guidance for our lives to just about the extent that we stop making demands upon God to give it to us in order and on our terms. Almost any experience A will tell us his affairs have taken remarkable and unexpected turns for the better as he tried to improve his conscious contact with God. He will also report that out of every season of grief or suffering, when the hands of God seemed heavy or even unjust, New lessons for living were learned. New resources of courage were uncovered. And that finally, escapably, the conviction came that God does move in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. All this should be very encouraging news for those who recoil from prayer because they don't believe in it or because they feel themselves cut off from God's help and direction. All of us, without exception, pass through times when we can pray only with the greatest exertion of the will. Occasionally we go even further than this. We are seized with a rebellion so sickening that we simply won't pray. When these things happen, we should not think too ill of ourselves. We should simply resume prayer as soon as we can, doing what we know to be good for us. greatest rewards of meditation and prayer is a sense of belonging that comes to us. We no longer live in a completely hostile world 
We are no longer lost and frightened and purposeless. The moment we catch even a glimpse of God's will, the moment we begin to see truth, justice, and love as the real and eternal things in life, we are no longer deeply disturbed by all the seeming evidence to the contrary that surrounds us in purely human affairs. We know that God lovingly watches us, watches over us. We know that when we return to him, it will be well with us here and hereafter. Thank you to those who read. Um, awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic over to Fernando and ask him to enlarge on what we just read with his spirit, strength, and hope and God and his understanding. And um, that's where we're at. Hi, everyone. I'm Fernando. I am alcoholic. It's only by God's grace I'm here, fully clothed in my right mind. My group says, well, one of your right minds, or two out of three is not bad. But, uh, Thank you so much, Fee, for inviting me. This is awesome. You know, this is my, my favorite uh, step because this is the one that I neglected the most. So I'll see. Um, before I get started, there's a paragraph on page 116 in the 12 and 12. I have mine in the, in the truck. I didn't get it because I didn't want to leave the, the class. Um, can someone read it for me? It's in the first, second paragraph on the uh, page 116 in the 12 by 12. Thanks. When, yeah, go ahead, Heather. When we develop still more, is that it? Yes. When we develop still more, we discover the best possible source of emotional stability to be God himself. We found that dependence upon his perfect justice, forgiveness, and love was healthy and that it would work where nothing else would. If we really depended upon God, we couldn't very well play God to our fellows, nor would we feel the urge wholly to rely on human protection and care. Hmm. These were the new attitudes that finally brought many of us an inner strength and peace that could not be deeply shaken by the shortcomings of others or by any calamity not of our own making. Wow, that was deep. I'm Fernando again. Um, it's only by God's grace. Um, you know, in the also too, I think this is the bottom of page 85. Uh, step 11 suggests prayer and meditation, and then it says we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. This is on the big book. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. And then it goes on to say when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Uh, we were resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid. Do we owe an apology? And then it goes down to say uh, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Before we begin, we ask God for our direct our thinking, especially be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Um, we relax and take it easy. We ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought, or a decision. You know, I just love this because it goes along with what we just read on the 10th, on the, on the 11th step. And uh, we are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Uh, 
We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that will be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially from self-will, freedom from self-will, and are capable not to make any requests, no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. And then it goes on to say, as we go out through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. Then we are much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange, arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Um, you know, that's, that's a gem right there. I went to two years of Bible college, and here you guys had this thing hidden. <laughs> in step 11 it wasn't hidden is that i didn't pick it up to read it you know um a lot of people go to other continents to find what we have in step 11 um when i came into uh, aa for the second time and in 1994 i was in on a, a holly street in tracy california when i was driving semi for uh, one of the grocery companies i came in and uh and I was so surprised because I'd been in the program before and I got all the promises and whistles and bells and I wasn't of service and I took off and I experienced the reeling of the mind, you know, um, not drinking, but really um, not being able to control my thoughts and and my outward situation was evident, you know, repossession of cars and from one situation to another and uh I had a lot of district attorney bills, IRS bills, you know, and uh, I had three cars repossessed, and uh, I didn't have a, pro a squared away program that would hold water. Um, I was in AA for the first first or two years, and then I ran with it really good, and I got into, uh, I was restored, but then I, I stopped putting stuff in the hopper, you know, to, to uh, to grind up these words and, and I learned a really hard lesson and lost a lot of years uh, 14 or 15 years of having to come back and start all over again uh, and finding out that the uh, the triangle about service recovery and unity you know I needed to be uh, hooked up with a newcomer and be of service united united in the program and uh, and always be available that I didn't do it my first time around. So I would have had something like 39 years right now because I came in 1981 with a DUI. Uh, longer than some of you young kids been uh, <laughs> alive. Um, I've been reading Step 11. But the first tradition when I came in in 1994 and I came back uh, and I had enough of what doesn't work, I call it uh, the reeling of the mind. I was like dog pedaling in the middle of the ocean bleeding the irs taking a bite of my ass the district attorney and people and they garnished my checks one more time you know at the, uh, the facilities I, I was beyond embarrassed or anything i was so used to it they coming in and the irs confiscating all your uh, resources in the bank and everything because in real estate you're, you're self-employed i didn't pay my taxes you know i got backed up on them and then 
the the fool used to make my own taxes, so I didn't make a lot of deductions. I didn't. I was just at the last minute. I throw them in haphazardly. So uh, when AA came around, I was able to go back, and the uh, the CPA that I hired got me money back for four years. You know, did a extra turn. So AA always has made me money since 1994. Easy does it is my God, and easy helps me to put one whatever's in front of me. It seems like he does it for me, you know, one step at a time. I I was able to go forward and uh, keep a, a very strenuous job of driving semi with, with uh, ice and chain and over the uh, high Sierras up to Reno for a grocery company. I lied on my application, right? They're looking for snow and ice. Oh, yeah, I know snow and ice. Well, I learned. I learned on the job. And that's what we alcoholics do, you know, we're, uh, we, we, uh, we make way with this. But the, uh, when I first, when I came back in, um, spirituality, we used to have a, um, a liquor store over there in Echo Park, part by the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And the kind of drinking I did is like at 13 years old, like we, uh, my goal was to steal a Budweiser truck. That was the goal in life. Yeah, all, all I ended up was two cases of Olympia beer at that time when I was a kid. Um, I took a purse, tried to run down uh, Sunset Boulevard, and I had a lot of Chinese people running after me. Uh, I tried to, uh, me and my buddy tried to uh, strong arm an alcoholic yeah, when I was 13. We jumped him after the bar, he came out of the bar. He beat the di living daylight's time, and, and I had a spiritual awakening, you know, not to do that again, you know. Um, but the first tradition was was huge when I came in um, the first tradition the second step and the 11th step I was I was searching for I was searching for God's will fanatically because what happened on my first year of AA I got a hold of Jesus and then I started going to church and I said well AA is just a stepping stone you know it was just got me in the right direction well, I was I was uh, still running after the choir girls at the church and causing a lot of trouble because I haven't done my fourth and fifth step, right? And uh, I would see individuals come into the church and I knew they needed AA. I knew that morally they wanted to do right. Morally, they had their batteries on for about two or three months of dedication, but the, the church is not set up. To, some of them are, some of them do get it, but it's not set up to handle uh, the reeling of a mind of a true alcoholic. And I can tell that they were going to go out, and after a while, you didn't see them no more. And they were very pious when they came in, but it just, that's why Alcoholic Anonymous is such a, a spiritual program that it, it, um, it filled that need for me. It explained uh, a God. And I was so surprised that you guys had God in my first meeting when I went in with my DUI, with my DUI card from the judge uh, to um, that I saw God written all over the walls and on the, on the steps. And I said to myself, wow, what is God doing here? Doesn't he know we're alcoholics, you know, the lowest of the low? And, uh, and lo and behold, they kind of uh, attacked me to the wall, stapled me, and they started spoon-feeding me AA, you know. Um, and the spirituality, the miracle was in the laughter. 
I laughed in East L.A. at those places, and when I laughed, those tears came down and those hurts of years that my dad beating my mom, drinking, and all this craziness that, you know, 85% of all the families grow up with. I uh, I started to finally heal. I tried everything to go after. It seemed like I had a brick of some kind of metal in my stomach, and I couldn't get it out. No, You know, whatever kind of drink, whatever kind of program, whatever kind of... Uh, school or gym or whatever um, it would always uh, throw me off the horse when I would get into a relationship or a job that I couldn't handle or something you know it was just I just didn't know how to how to heal properly so I had a spiritual problem had a you know the reeling of the mind and, and the insensitive desire to drink so the beauty of it is that um, the reeling of the mind stopped, and then step 11 came in, and uh, I said, man, I don't have to go to the mission fields no more. I went to, to Mexico, to Vietnam, mission fields, up to Burma, you know, very short-term short, short periods in there. And, uh, and we prayed and everything, but I always missed my AA family because there were there was times when I would be sitting in AA and I said, I wouldn't want to be anywhere in the whole world but right now and listening to this kind of share that's feeding my heart. I said, this is the bomb. This is the greatest thing, you know, to have feeding, reeling you in you good, solid um, spirituality and and, and it's never a dull moment in AA. Everybody has a different twist, different turn to turn to it. So, evidence. What about evidence? Real quick, like when I was uh, I was uh, down here in Los Angeles, I uh, I ran I, I left home at 16, and I made two kids up north and so forth and all kinds of uh, situations. But uh, I I was down here. I went to a meeting, and they had 30 35 year anniversary. So I sat in the front to find the evidence. Hey man, if somebody's been doing this program for that long, I want to see some some results on the tree, right? They had to have something, you know, intuitively know how to handle situations. So I wanted to see what their lives were like, and I wasn't disappointed. One of them was getting a third house for runaway pregnant girls. Another guy said, you know, when I came into AA. Now, these guys were the ones who started that group, and they had an anniversary. That's why they came back. And they and they said, the other guy says, I always wanted a Harley Davidson. When I came into AA, I saw the chance that I was saving a lot of money. But light bulbs needed to be changed. There needed to be socks on the kids and put food on the table. I never got my motorcycle. But, man, I have a lot of loving grandkids. And, and uh, so all that stuff spoke volumes to me that, you know, that... Uh, the next indicated thing was um, was wonderful because I, I always had the impending doom that 17 impending doom that the roof of the house of cards was going to fall. You know I couldn't shake that off, and I realized that it's 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 a it's a choice. You act like it, you keep acting like it, and you keep thanking God. And this is, and we all have a, a whole bunch of tools in here, but this is the tool. That helped me the most is when I is to say, I thank God I'm a misfit. <laughs> That's my tool to every uh, aggression that comes my way or every problem that I get into or uh, or situations. You know, in 2019, I told the group uh, I sold my old Lexus and uh, and I told my group, I said, how many of you guys believe that through the program uh, I can get a free vehicle? 
You know, and everybody raised their hand. You know, we were going to put it to the test. Well, three vehicles came in that year. Uh, you know, I wanted a pickup truck. My brother-in-law all of a sudden got a windfall, and he gave me his old pickup truck. I fell in love with the truck, and then uh, and then I got a couple other small small cars. And now I don't have enough room <laughs> because um, I was able to get. I wanted to see if I can go to Hawaii. Uh, I heard about a, a 12 coconut meeting in uh, Waikiki, by the way, over there. They had surfing at six in the morning. I never been surfing, and met a bunch of other guys that never been surfing either. And they like, had like, and uh, we went out there when it was dark, and we had a meeting like a quarter of a mile out in Waikiki. I mean, it's wonderful to live life and to see these 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 miracles start to bloom. I always wanted to jump off an airplane with a parachute. And I had the chance to do that and climb a frozen mountain. And uh, I remember my sponsor, when I was getting better, he said, see that brand new convertible Mustang on that rack on that dealership? Go buy it. Stop running around in that old 1960 banged up fair lane, which you call a classic, you know. And, um, and I love the roughness of the sponsors in AA, you know, act as if. Um, Let me slow down right here. Um, oh, how much time do I got? I'm probably passed up, huh? Yeah, a couple more minutes, Fernando. Okay. Okay, I uh, wanted to, to slow it down that the, uh, the the fish didn't go belly up. The impending doom about I got hurt in my back. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. The program worked. As we perform his work well like, like Fee is doing. And all of a sudden, those other ones, uh, you know, I started getting, I had like $32,000 worth of credit card thing. And then when I started paying attention to this, within 45 uh, days, I only paid about 6000 and it was all gone. It was like one miracle after another. Now I don't worry because there's always a check in the mail, something, something. And, and uh, I got married and the, late, uh, the girl had a lot of resources and stuff. Well, what a coincidence, huh? And then, the, and everything... I'm good today because, you know, I just got small problems. If I focus on them, they'll become big problems, and I'll put them on my shoulder. But the, the beauty is affirmations of faith, like what your, the, the last reading that God likes to work, wonders to perform, miracles, you know. He likes to wow us, you know, so he can get the credit, you know. So we, me and my wife, we just say, okay, God, you're going to wow us today, <laughs> you know, something from left field. And we, and sure enough, he'll come in and invite us to a, a back to Hawaii or something. So affirmations of faith, speaking into the future, well, the good stuff like we do on our meeting fee, we're speaking, in, we're constructively speaking the good out of the big book, you know, just about daily and making it, I used to say, well, we talk, what we think about, what I think about, what I talk about is going to come about. What I think about, what I talk about is going to come about. And uh, anyway, that's enough. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, Fernando. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, um, yeah, you have definitely been a blessing in my life since you've come into it. And I get to start my morning every day with this guy. And <laughs> No wonder the trajectory of my thinking has infinitely improved, despite my uh, pregnant complications <laughs> of the brain. So, um, it's just been a gift. Um, 
amazing. Thank you, thank um, you. So we've got like uh, 11 minutes left. Who wants to open it up? Who wants to share? Thank you. That was awesome. 
you were talking about evidence, Fernando. And when I came to AA, I had a lot of burnt bridges and the most estranged, um, torn and contentious relationship I had was with my little sister who I drug through the mud and we've just been through so much with no tools to deal with it. And, um, you just heard from her, man. She's got time in the rooms too. I and mean, we're like BFFs. So that's my sister up there. And that's, there's your evidence, guys. <laughs> I think about that. Who's next? I'm Bart, alcoholic and drug addict. Fernando, good to hear you, man. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. Um, sobriety works, man. The um, I don't know. You said so much good stuff. Um, God works. You know, if I get out of the way, if I turn it over to God, um, I'm in a much better position. Um, when we I liked what we read. It, I always like when we read the 11th step. The, the um, I like paying attention to, uh, you know, when I think I know God's will or, oh, God was talking to me. God told me exactly what to do. The, um, you know, the, um, my buddy brother Alexis used to tell me, if I knew God's will, I would be God. I love that. Um, wow, that's good. Yeah, right? If I knew God's will, I would be God. And that's my trouble, is I think I'm God. You know what I mean? The part in there where <clears throat> this is great for me, when, when I think I know what's best for someone else, oh, this, that was really good for me tonight to hear that, that um, you know. When I'm praying for you to get, <laughs> that's, I'm a crazy ass alcoholic. And when I, when I think I know what's best for you and I pray to God to give you what I think you should have. <laughs> that's the, trust me, I've done it. You know, <laughs> and I think I'm, <laughs> me and God, <laughs> so I know what God wants for you. Anyway, the, what I liked tonight too was that um, self-forgiving. You know, the the um, better to give comfort than to receive it. Better to understand than to be understood. Those, you know, they're not always in the forefront. But when I read those kind of things, that's what I want to shoot for. Because I, when I read that Saint Francis prayer or I read stuff like that, what. <clears throat> Just the thought of trying to move in that direction makes me feel better. Like you, I could relate to the uh, not having that load on my back. You know what I mean? Carrying the load. Um, but, oh, shit, I went to a meeting last night, and uh, this dude that has 50 years was the leader, and he was talking about... Um, praying for people like when you get a resentment and you're irritated to um what a great tool you know i i haven't thought about that in a long time but what it is is i remember when i first got here and i was all resentful and pissed off and my sponsor said oh pray for them 
yeah, I'll pray for their ass to get run over. Or, you know what I mean? No, no, no. You got to pray for them to get everything in life that they want. Or, you know what I mean? Pray for them to get the things that you want. And um, what I just remember the times in my life when I've been so twisted up and I've done that. What a miracle to be able to come out. You know what I mean? I wake up and every day I pray for whoever to get, you know, all the gifts that I want. And then two weeks later, I don't even, I can't even remember the resentment. What? What resentment? And I don't know. I just look at it as the power of God. Um, and I'm a misfit too, man. We're, we're all misfit toys. That's, yeah, that's the reality of this shit. And, what I love is the fact that I'm an alcoholic and I forget that I'm a misfit toy. I think, oh, look at me. Ain't I special? I really got my shit together. <laughs> That's when I get my ass handed to me. But anyway, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thanks so much. So we've uh, come to the top of the hour. I just want to ask, does anybody have a burning desire? Um, any sobriety threatening issue they need to get off their chest? Want to trade somebody? <laughs> Alright, um, okay, cool. Um, we got two more minutes if someone else wants to share briefly. Hi, this is Dennis, alcoholic. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Step 11 for me is the one that makes all the other steps easier, uh, especially the meditation part, uh, which is a lot easier than a lot of people make it out to be. Uh, I did throw in chat a list and a website of uh, different types of meditations. There are some really easy ways that, to meditate, that, you know, for me especially, um, like walking meditation and such works really well with me. Uh, so just in case you haven't tried meditation, uh, there, there's some easy meditations uh, way to get into it. You might even be doing it without knowing it. That's all. Thanks so much. All right. Um, with that, um, I'm going to ask um, someone reads the vision for you as soon as it's up on the screen.
Until then. Thank you so much. All right, thanks everybody who participated. Thank you again. Big thank you to Fernando. It was epic. What a great meeting, guys. And thank you, Fee. This is such a beautiful, well-organized meeting. Man, you're the heavy hitter there. You, That's awesome. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, guys. Hey, we're here every Thursday. <laughs> cool. Okay, I got your number. <laughs> You bet. We're going to have to pray be our Father. Whose Father? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Woohoo! Keep coming back. Thank you guys for all the readers out there. You did awesome, man. Everybody read this so quick. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. I'll see you in the morning, Fernando. I'll see you then. Thank you, guys. Bye. Mark. All right, that was Delaware, uh, Fee from Delaware, and the group over there every Thursday. Let me give you the calling numbers of that meeting. So if you want to hook up, which is an awesome meeting, every Thursday at uh, 6.45 Delaware time, it will be 4.45 Pacific time. The uh, meeting is 202-382-451, and the passcode is 805371. 805371. Again, the meeting no Zoom meeting number is 202-382-451. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.